It's the Jeff Glass and Blue Gal Podcast. Hello. Hello. Hello, Blue Gal. Hello, Drift Glass. How are you doing this evening? (laughs) Excellent. It's groovy music for a rotten night. Yeah, it's a pretty rotten day. It's been a pretty pretty bad day. Yeah. I gotta say, it's been a pretty blue day. Yeah. So let's let's make it better, shall oh, we? Oh, let's do that. Let's do that. I don't like people who think they're being intelligent by being all negative all the time. No. Not good. No. Let's let's, let's, <laughs> let's rock some. The, let's call this our Happy Puppy Story Hour show with Driftless and Blue Cow. Yeah. Let's not. <laughs> let's not do that. Let's, let's find a different name. Yes. Good idea. Good idea. Oh, last week was great. I had a I had a wonderful time last oh, week. Good. I had a really really cool. lovely conversation, and I had a wonderful wonderful time. And there was a lot of fe- good feedback at your blog too. So yeah, I, I'd like to thank all the listeners for their feedback. Yes, thank it's, you very much for I've, all your comments. I have taken none of it to heart, but yes, and I've, I've well, I've taken a deep breath and learned, um, and I got new headsets, so they wrap okay. around the back of my head so that the um. <laughs> the, beehive, the, bee, the beehive hairdo that Dr. Zayas put on me this week. Uh-huh. <laughs> I should mention that zayasnation.blogspot.com did a Photoshop of me. It, it I started the war, but um, he finished it. He fin- he definitely finished it. Yeah, he did yeah. a Photoshop of me using the uh, rarely used dippity do filter in Photoshop. Uh, and. Uh. <laughs> I had a big beehive hairdo, so go over there and take a look. But um, anyway, well, my headphones wrap around the back of my head, and it's a better microphone. So hopefully, so my, in case da- we, my dad we will say you finally modulated your voice after 20 years of me. So in case we hit the speed of light, <laughs> we'll, the back of your head is protected my, from sudden acceleration. The back of my head is protected from rapid acceleration, yes. In case we hit a sudden burst of awesome, you'll be oh, protected. I'll be ready. I'm All right. ready for that. Yeah. My so frontal we, lobes are fully exposed, but <laughs> well, I know I know the first thing we'd like to do is get some business out of the way. Yes, we would. We'd like to get and, some business out of the way. You know, this is our niche market: talking to bloggers about blogging. Is that, that's that's true. something no one else is doing, I don't think. But I want to remind everyone that February third is Blog Roll Amnesty Day. And, and the motto of Blog Roll Amnesty Day is? Look up and link down. That's right. Find some small bloggers that you like and admire and think that they need more attention mm-hmm. and give them some linky love. That's right. Share yeah. some of your three readers with right. them. Right, and you're not you're not allowed to say to anyone, well, no one has fewer readers than I do because that's, that's just not true. And for those of you joining the blogosphere <laughs> um, late in the game. And it's never too late. It's never too late. Um, Blog World Amnesty Day arose from uh, a, a day of infamy mm-hmm. when several large blogs decided one day that they were just going to sort of shed their um, blog rolls um, of all of us small uh, folks. And they announced it as as a, an amnesty day. And Blog World Amnesty Day was sort of the final screw you to and, the people. And he who, called it that, actually. Yeah. That blogger declared that it was Blog World Amnesty Day, which actually was... An amnesty for no one but 
him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was a self-pardoning yeah, day, right? I forgive was, myself I forgive for myself what I'm about for, to do. Keeping track of all you little people. Yeah, I, I so can't hard. keep track of this, so I'm just going to delete everybody. This is uh, this happened in 2007, by the way. But we do like to remember these little anniversaries because yes. they are kind of important. We we believe in our little hearts that what we are doing collectively is actually very important. And after today, mm-hmm. um, what with Air America going down yeah. and Supreme Court doing what the Supreme Court did, um, I can't help but think that. The blogosphere and people who talk and write and about the urgency of action and the, the urgency of liberal action are going to be more important than ever. They are. We are. So, and that's on that thing. note. And, um, and you, on that note, is there is one big blog that links to smaller blogs every single day. Every day. Every day. Mm-hmm. Seven days a week. And that's Crooks and Liars, mm-hmm. uh, for which both of us write on occasion. We do, and um, I'm. I just want to say I'm doing the roundup starting tomorrow morning and through probably Wednesday of next week, and then Batocchio of Vagabond Scholar will be taking over Wednesday or Thursday and running through the end of the week. So if you have something great that you wrote or something great that from another blog, um, you can email it to me at bluegalsblog at gmail dot com, all one word. We'll take a look. We always look at everything that's emailed to us. That's mm-hmm. one of the rules. So, And the Roundup really does make Crooks and Liars unique. It does. In, it does. Yeah. When every day you link to four or five much smaller blogs, usually. But it's built into the model. I mean, it's really, it's built into the model to share the love. And John yeah. Amato really believes in that. And all of us there really believe in sharing the love. So We love you, John. <laughs> we do. We do. Love you. Love you. Awesome. Love you like a milkshake, John. He's awesome. So let's let's get into some topics, America. shall we? America, sure. America. Poor Air America went bankrupt today. Oh. They did. Poor Air America went down for the second time. Yeah. So I don't know what this is going to mean. I mean, obviously Rachel Maddow and Ed have a gig yeah. at MSNBC. So that's. Yeah. And we're stepping into the breach here. Uh, yes, we'll we'll be covering the audio portion of the liberals. <laughs> we're picking up the slack. We're picking over up here. the slack, my friend. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I, oh, and, and I do wa- I do wonder if the fact that they now know that we are doing a free audio might have something to yeah. do with why they just decided to toss in the towel, you know. Well, f- free for now, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. I the mean, first, when we do the, the first few is always dark. free. <laughs> you know, we're <laughs> following the, the New York Times tour. model. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go, uh, you know, cash and carry only in a the few. The New weeks. York Times <laughs> model, yes. I think but it's going to work out just as well as it did the last yeah, time for the yeah. New York Times. Yeah, they just too. they just never seem to learn. Ugh. I, I do have, um, not a theory, but I have a notion of why it is that liberal media seems to have such a hard time. And conservative media seems to just roll right along and and at least make a lot of money for the people who do it. I've always gotten the feeling, because I, I do um, listen to conservative talk and I do follow it. I, I, f- I figure it's my responsibility to know what they're saying and doing. <laughs> that it's just entertaining. It is. Yeah. It is, and it's over the course of years you notice that there's um, something that the Alec Baldwin character says in Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, which is always be closing. You know, and he bangs it home. A B C, always be closing, and that's what conservatives do. They're always closing the deal. They have a completely immersive worldview, and every single media thing they do always points in the same direction. Every problem is caused by liberals. Uh. Every time something blows up in their face, it's the liberals. Mm -hmm. Every time there's a Mm -hmm. conflict in their belief structure, it's a liberal lie, and every one of them says it. 
and they repeat it like robots, and they do it year after year after year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Liberals are more scattershot. You know, we don't have an immersive worldview. We have a contrary worldview. We try to rebut what they say. We try to push back with the facts. But we don't offer the audience a complete sort of lifestyle, a Closed complete way of view. thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, and think about this. The, the way conservatives, if you think about it, the way conservatives know about liberals is exactly the same way liberals know about conservatives. From conservatives. Mm -hmm. The only way conservatives know the conservative audience knows anything about liberalism is is the same way they learn about any other exotic faraway subject from rush limbaugh yep um the liberals that they you hear described on hate radio and on fox news i don't know these people i've never met these people i have no idea who the hell they're talking about but you talk to a, a, a conservative listener, and they will swear that they know exactly what liberals think. They know exactly what liberals believe. They know exactly what our motives are. And mm -hmm. that's how they get their worldview. Glenn and Beck accused a, us of, of wanting to oh, assassinate Obama for not going left enough. Oh, and today. I, I was, yeah, I was uh, <laughs> a little clip on the Reagan show, on the Ron Reagan show. Part of the problem is I'm not surprised anymore. Yeah. You know, you know where this is going. Because fascism always goes this way. They always up the ante. Mm -hmm. They always need more enemies, and the enemies always need to be more ferocious. And the more things fall apart, the more they need the enemy to be, you know, completely powerful and, and completely responsible for everything that's going wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very seductive worldview, and liberals don't offer that. Mm -hmm. we, we, are, we make you think, and we ask you to disagree. And we disagree among ourselves, and we air our dirty laundry all the time in front of everyone, and without ever mentioning that, no, that whole thing, that is our worldview. Where we disagree with each other exactly. and try to make the world a better place and struggle with the method of how to do that. But it, you know, we don't have a dogma, and that's I think, and I think we need to think about offering one, <laughs> not you know, not a, not a, not a church of the of the of the holy you know, the holy progressive. Hippie. But I, I think we need to start thinking about being more consistent in, in messaging. You said that last week, too. Yeah. And I really do, because we don't know how to do that. And I don't mean marching in lockstep with each other, because that's never going to happen. But we need to find a way to offer the same kind of coherence and vision that conservatives offer their listeners and their viewers. Well, if I may disagree with my friend Driftglass about... One thing, yeah, certainly. Um, one, one of the <laughs> one of the things that makes it difficult for progressives to march in lockstep is we are very anti-authoritarian. Yeah. And so to have one voice come out like a Rush Limbaugh and say, "I'm the voice of," you will immediately have forty-five percent of the progressives say, "Well, he doesn't speak for me." Ah. Oh. That's and I, I actually I think we agree. Mm -hmm. um, if I may respectfully agree with your disagreement of what, <laughs> what or the hell I just said, um, I think I think the reason conservatives have um, rush is a figurehead mm -hmm. at this point. Um, they've already they've already all you know drunk the Kool Aid and smoked mm -hmm. the pack and mm -hmm. you know and mm -hmm. swallowed uh, swallowed whole. Every conservative sounds like rush now. Yeah. They already have one totalizing voice, mm -hmm. and it's you know Rush Limbaugh and Glenn Beck. I think that we don't need a spokesperson. We all need to get a little more 
comprehensive in how we talk to people Mm -hmm. so that when we're making a political argument, for example, I don't don't mean anything grandiose. I mean, when you're making a political argument with someone, don't forget to end your sentence with something like, and the reason your life is so screwed up is because conservatives are evil. (laughs) (laughs) You know, don't forget to remind them. The reason you're, 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 you lost your job is because Republicans fucked you over. Mm-hmm. The reasons that your economy, and I agree with them, the economy is bad. Yeah, the economy is terrible. Bankers are doing bad things and Wall Street's in trouble. And remember, the reason for that is Ronald fucking Reagan. And, and don't forget to, you know, ABC, always be closing. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to remind them that the reason for their pain is not some non-specific natural disaster. It's a very specific political ideology that is yeah. responsible for screwing them. And I think that liberals forget to say that. Who's the former liberal- congressman um, who he, he did all the astroturfing with the teabagger movement this summer? Uh, Dick Armey? Dick Armey. Yeah. And, and if you can just constantly remind people, look, Dick Armey's the one who said that General Electric could become a bank mm-hmm. and make money off of invest- for investors out of nothing. Mm-hmm. The collapse of the global economy was Dick Army's vision. Dick Army's fault, yes. Yeah. yes. And you might really have to remind was. them who Dick Army was and who Tom DeLay was and who George Bush was at this point, since conservatives well, do have... That's the other thing they're so much better at than we are. Forgetting. Is simply forgetting, yes. Forgetting. You, you yeah. mentioned that earlier this week. Yeah. When, we're preparing, when we were preparing for this podcast... Mm-hmm. It sounds like we weren't, but we were. <laughs> we actually were. Um, you were talking about Memento. Remember that? Yeah, I do. And, and it is, it is, and, and I, I have a blog post about it mm-hmm. over at driftglass.blogspot.com about Memento. The idea of, of Republicans are unable to form new political memories after 1981. They literally don't remember the fact that they screwed up the country. Mm-hmm. They literally don't fr- remember the fact that it was George Bush who let this country be attacked on 9-11. Right. They, they don't remember that it was not Bill Clinton who did that. And that for eight years, George Bush reigned like a tyrant over this country, and they went along with every stinking last little bit of it. Yep. And and when you remind them of those things, and the thing is, there's a litany of them. There are hundreds of examples. And you run down the list, and they get this look on their face like, what are you talking about? Yeah. That well, never happened. I don't remember, and and that's the problem. Is mm-hmm. you know I can debate anybody, and I'll, I'll win or lose. I, I'm happy to argue, but you can't argue with someone who has no recollection of what they did yesterday. Yeah. Except that the pain that they're feeling right now is somehow a liberal's fault. Right. That's all they remember. That's all they know, and that's incredibly dangerous. That's well, what you know, I just keep thinking back to Newt Gingrich's contract with America, mm-hmm. and how much of an abysmal failure it was. And they were actually happy that they'd shut down the federal government until they realized people really liked to be able to call the National Weather Service on the weekend and find out what temp- what the temperature was going to be out tomorrow. <laughs> and <laughs> they liked going to the national parks. And I think it clo- shut down on a Friday, as I recall. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, people co- people's weekends plan- weekend plans were really affected. Yeah. They couldn't take their kids, so as you said, the national, the national park. parks were closed. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not God. And my roommate, my those? roommate at the time, called the weather every night because she she biked first thing in the morning, uh-huh. and she said, "I can't get through. I can't get through." And I said, "Yeah, you can't get through. It's the National Weather Service. Oh, they're closed oh. because of Newt Gingrich. 
Oh. Uh, and she was, you oh. know, I'm not a political person. I'm a biker. You know, I just go bike, and I like nature, and I like it. Well, you depend on the National Weather Service I, to go out <laughs> biking the next morning. You know that water that you bathed in this morning yeah. that, didn't, that didn't kill you? Yeah. That was because some environmentalist <laughs> made a rule that you can't put, you know, that, toxic that, that, chemicals in That it would be good for nature water. if you had clean water to bathe in. Yes. Really? Yes, and that's the thing. It's it, and I guess that's what I was I was getting at before, which was not beating people up over that because if somebody's not following politics, you know, yelling yeah. at them about it is not going to no. solve anything. But reminding them that you know that the, the there are people who actually decide how much poison goes in your food. Yeah, and yep. if you value not eating poison, maybe you should pay attention to the fact that it's conservatives who want to put poison in your food and liberals who want to keep it out of your food. Yeah. And leave it at that. And a couple of, and what the conservatives have going for them is the momentum of doing that habitually mm-hmm. for the last 30 years. Yeah. And we've got to learn how, and, and I have heard an undercurrent this week of, you know, what is government for and that we want smart government. Yeah. I've heard that in several sources. We want, we don't want no government. We want smart government. We want regulations that make sense, that help people, that preserve things. And a lot of this has come up in relation to Haiti. Yeah. Which, you know, has had a choice between, you know, it's, it's like the mayor of Boston. You have the choice between a crook and a jerk. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and you, that's always the choice in every Boston election is you have a choice between a crook and a jerk. And, and certainly in the government of Haiti, that seems to have been the, the Hobson's choice that Haiti has had the past, you know, we can be invaded and occupied, or we can have this incredibly <laughs> corrupt local government that steals well, everything, you know. Let's thank goodness that Massachusetts politics has changed so profoundly oh. since then. Yeah. But I yeah, actually, it's, it's, yeah, I was actually getting, on the phone getting, today for an hour with, with one of my friends from Massachusetts. I lived in the Boston area for 15 years. Uh, many many years ago, and uh, my best friend from Boston was on the phone with me today, and she said she knew three weeks ago that this was going to happen when she heard Mr. Brown on the radio, uh-huh. and she heard this smoothie. She said, oh, he was a smoothie, and she said, everyone thinks that Massachusetts is so blue, but outside of the 128 Beltway, it really isn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you you know, it, it, Illinois is very much the same way. Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, all the 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 um, constitutional offices are held by Democrats currently, but governor was a Republican for 25 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the mayor will always be a Democrat, but once you leave the Chicago metro area and go into the the suburbs, you have one Republican mayor after another, mm-hmm. one Republican mm-hmm. county chairman after another. Yep. And it's easy to forget when you view it from 800 miles away that politics are complicated and they're interesting. And and, and the local stuff really does matter, which is what drove me crazy about the Massachusetts election. It's how could could the National Democratic Organization have let that happen? How did – you know, these were people who were playing, you know, seventh-dimensional chess. Yep. Who were the smartest people on earth? Who knew that every- Deval Patrick was incredibly unpopular? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, and, I, and they were afraid. I think they got governed by fear rather than by wisdom. Which is, we're going to yeah. screw this up if we go in there because we know the economy's bad. We know uh-huh. people blame Obama for the economy. Let's just stay out of it and let her take all the blue chips off the table and win that way. Which it's interesting what a Hillary Clinton 
uh, <laughs> type campaign Martha Coakley ran of uh-huh. inevitability train, smart woman plus uh, generational privilege. Uh-huh. It's our turn. Uh huh. And, and the voters uh-huh. just don't like that. No. Not not. I don't think the voters have a problem so much with the smart woman. I really don't think this is a sexist thing. But when the smart woman takes the generational privilege card and waves it in the air, and then the inevitability train and waves it in the air, uh-huh. it just any candidate that does that, I think, yeah. gets hurt by that. So, um, and, and there's a there's a lesson in there for yeah, and don't go on vacation us. to to. A warm island. If you're in Massachusetts in January, trying to get elected to something. Well, and I've I've noticed we've been talking now for about a little over 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and I've I've noticed that you know my my energy level is pretty low. Um, it's and because this has just been a I, as we said at the beginning, this has just been a bad week. Mm-hmm. And um, but I I really don't want it. I, I'd like us to figure out a way to learn some lessons for this. I impotent rage is nobody's mm-hmm. friend. And just you know, beating your breast and howling at the moon doesn't solve anything. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that liberals do, we like to do, is solve problems. Yes, that's right. F- figure out what what broke here, what failed here. And I think what failed was the media mm-hmm. and party leadership. And I think the idea of appeasing people who are trying to destroy you been shown to be an abject failure. Yep. You know. There is no. There's a. There was a wonderful article. I forget where I read it today. Um, call. I think it was a, a Drew Weston's article that Obama finally got his bipartisan win. Yes, he his did. Bipartisan victory. And this is what it looks like. Yep. And the idea that you're ever going to appease people who will look in your face and tell you, "I hate you. I want you to die. I want your family to suffer. Yep. And I want you to vanish from my planet." The idea that you're ever going to be able to find a common ground with those folks. Yep. Is insane. Yeah. And every liberal has known it's insane to try that for the last 20 years. And since I don't Tom un- DeLay and Newt Gingrich, if not oh. earlier. Yeah. Oh, since, since, uh, since Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Um, since, since, I mean, I, you know, I. Well, that I was, that was Newt Gingrich. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, yeah. you're, you're quite right. But since the Clinton impeachment, I think it's fair to say that, that liberals have known instinctively that Guys, they're they're coming for you. Yes, they're they're, they want your you. blood. They're going to get it any way they can. And when I, yeah. you and know, if, when if I go they to have heaven, to pull the Willie Horton card, you know, they pull they pull the evangelical card over and over and over again. And George Bush is a good Christian man. Uh-huh. At the same time, Karl Rove is saying, "Okay, it's time to call the crazies." Uh-huh. When it comes to the conference call with with the evangelical leaders that Bush had every week to keep their prayers and support, you know, and he said, "Okay, it's time for the call with the crazies. Let's uh-huh. get them on the phone." And that's and Carl ev- Rove saying that. And then <laughs> eventually, David, you know, Vitter comes out of the closet and says, "Yes, out yes. of the diaper closet or the diaper hamper." I should or, say. Well, the hooker diaper. I want to make yeah. it clear. I don't have any problem with David Vitter being turned on by chocolate mousse up his nose. Whatever anyone yeah. wants to do in the privacy of their own, of their own bedroom is, room you know, is that fine. liberals really don't care about that. We don't. It's funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's a funny well, it's, image. It's, it's when you build a career by standing on a pile of Bibles a mile high. Exactly, that's part of it. Is the, the total hypocrisy and also the fact that he broke the law. He was on the DC Madam's list. He did. Of he clients broke the law. paying he broke. for this. Mm-hmm. 
and that's illegal. And it's and he and he stands up for, you know, flag amendments and Christian this and Christian that and family value this. You know, it's all code word for you know we don't like black people and we don't like abortions and we don't like uh, women's rights and we don't like yeah. The usual suspect. The usual we don't like suspect. gay people. We yeah. don't like immigrants. We don't like right. any of those things. And I can't say those out loud. So here's right. what I'm going to call it. Yeah. And and I, again, I, I I don't particularly. David Vitter is not the problem. Yeah. The problem is that there are 30 million mouth breathing troglodytes who will who will stand up and give him a second and third and fourth chance, and he will simply screw them. Yeah. Those are the people who you know who we are in a war with right now. Yeah. It's a cold war, and I'd, I'd like it to stay that way. But make no mistake about it: there are millions of. Well, they're citizens going to reelect David Vitter in in Louisiana yeah. you know, because just no, and the party leadership is completely behind him, and it just why not the the memory hole is just gone, and 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 I my uh, this is what I I'm trying to do um, for myself. I, mm-hmm. I can't I can't sort of preach it for anyone else, but I I need to stop sort of pretending that there's any magic combination of words that is ever going to make these people anything other than Neanderthals. So given the fact that we have this intractable large number of people who are this way, we have we have these proto-fascists mm-hmm. in our country by the million who all are in one party, who all uh, you know believe a particular kind of religion, who, who all pay attention to the same news source and the na- same media outlets, who, who listen to hate radio, who are all sort of the same sort of people. Mm-hmm. We, rather than deal with them on their terms, because we can't, mm-hmm. we need to figure out what we can do to overcome them. Because we're never going to find rapprochement with them. We're never going to be able to make a peace with them. We're never going to have any kind of detente with them. There just isn't any way to do that. We're back to the Missouri Compromise kind of days, mm-hmm. where we just have two intractably opposed worldviews. Mm-hmm. They're never going to get along and are never going to find common ground over a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the right has realized this and are acting on that knowledge. Yep. The left keeps, you know, the, at least the leadership on the progressive side keeps deluding itself into believing it can have a Missouri compromise. Yeah. That, that you know, the nation can still endure half-slave and half-free, and it can't. It has to come to a resolution about whether or not we're going to let one political party stand on the overpass of history, lobbing cinder blocks into traffic, and pay no price for it. And I think they have to. Yeah, and I, I was writing about that today. And I, I said, I want my president or someone in a, in a very high leadership position to stand up one day and say, point right at Joe Lieberman. Uh, Joe Lieberman yep. and say, you, sir, are the fucking problem. Yep. And I'm ashamed that I ever went along with you or, and I, I made a horrible mistake by assuming you were anything other than a bottom-feeding douchebag. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think you, that... And get angry. Get, I mean, that's get the, angry that's the other problem. That we've elected Mr. Spock to the White House. You know, that's you mentioned yeah. that on, a, on the phone we were preparing for this, that this lack of emotion on the part of Obama... Mm-hmm. Is one of the things that's so annoying to the left. Well, you know what I think would sell. You know what I think would endear Barack Obama to progressives for the next year is if uh, Barack oh, what Obama. Would, what would in, yeah? Go ahead, start well, over with that. Sentence. He would. He would. He was. He would win me back to a certain degree if during the State of the Union address um, he would point at the Republican side of the House and say, "Liar." Yeah. 
something like that. I, you I, I lie. Really, you lie, really. <laughs> Stand, you know, it's while he's standing there, point right at him and say, "You lie." Mm-hmm. And and that's I, very Johnson esque. Well, it is. LBJ, it is. we shall overcome. Uh-huh. And he looked right at the Texas delegation. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, and nobody nobody missed the meaning of that. No, they did not. Um, no, they did not. But I think, you know, this is sort of like, this is the year when the President of the United States tried to be a diplomat at home. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. Yep. This is the year when the President of the United States, like Lincoln, tried really hard to prevent the war. Mm-hmm. Tried everything he knew mm. and tried tried every measure he could come to, and the other side simply will not have it. Well, and, and our side will not have it. I think you're right. If you if we if we take that analogy to its next level, we abolitionists yeah. have had it. Have. The left has we, had it. Yeah, and we really have. Yeah, we really have. And that's what makes this week so hard. Is yep. this week is hard. Of, Part of the Massachusetts thing was, I, I really do believe, absent the data, but I really do believe it was a lot of progressives saying, I've had it. Yeah. I, yep. you know, the, the, if the only thing you're going to give me, if the only way you're going to pay attention to me at the end of the day, there's the Yiddish saying that a drowning man will grasp even the tip of a sword. Yep. And if, if you're, you have given me so little in the last year, mm-hmm. and you have, you have surrendered so much mm-hmm. of what I value. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand you're bailing out the country, and I understand you're doing all these hard things. But you know what? There's no card check. Yep. And don't ask, don't tell is still there. And the Defense of Marriage Act is still there. And mm-hmm. you're still bailing out rich people. And I'm still unemployed and going to lose my house. Yep. And, and Gitmo is still open. And, and yeah. all the things that were important to us. Yep. You know, this this is a guy who came to Yearly Co's a few years ago, mm-hmm. who I sat with, who's from my area, who mm-hmm. I know from... You know, when he ran as a state senator, I met him years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not somebody who's beamed in from another planet. This is right. a guy who had, who has sat with us mm-hmm. in small groups mm-hmm. and assured us personally, looking us in the eye. Yep. You know, just between me and you, this is just you know, just for this room. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take care of these things. Yep. And and you haven't. And it's not the big speeches. It's not blowing what you said in the big speeches. It's what you what you told us personally yep. when you were close. Yep. And intimate, and you weren't the candidate. Or you what your people to told us when we were at those little policy meetings. Those, yeah, you those, know, the those, community uh, policy meetings on health care, and, uh-huh. and a lot of us went to those. Yes, we did. And, uh, oh, you know, yeah. no, Obama's got a plan. He's got a plan yeah. for health care. It's in the yeah. bucket. Gonna go. January gonna, 20, January 20th, boom, gonna flip the switch on this thing. Health care, done. Mm-hmm. Consider it done. You know, we worked with Kennedy's people. We've worked out the details. It's, it's something ready to rock and roll. And that never came close to happening. No. Um, what he promised labor, thats that hasn't come close to happening. Um, and, again, I, I'm very forgiving of somebody who's trying really hard and is up against some long odds. But Well, and that is true. I mean, we, we had no idea on the left anyway. I don't know about Obama, but and, and isn't it sad that I'm making that distinction? But uh-huh. – I don't think any of us on the left really had any idea how many interests were vested in yeah. the yeah. in the status quo in healthcare. Yeah, yeah, it, it is kind of staggering. It's it's absolutely staggering. When I had when I went and researched my J.C. Penney card and found out that the bank that owned it was General Electric, mm-hmm. and that General Electric, yes, that GE mm-hmm. <laughs> that owns NBC, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, and MSNBC, also owns 
credit cards and markets credit card accounts to doctors and, and we'll we'll say okay you're a doctor and you want to offer a credit card for your business to your consumer customers of healthcare so that they can pay over time for their hip replacement or their sure, what sure. botox or uh-huh. whatever it is everything from necessary surgery to cosmetic totally unnecessary surgery well and and as of today mm-hmm. That same company with that same reach and that same interest and that same, you know, those incredibly deep pockets can now, if they want to, give a billion dollars to a candidate. Absolutely. Thank you. Any, thank you, thank, Justice Scalia. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you, you know, the Roberts Court and Justice Scalia, who, who are all about original, you know, constructionism. Yeah. Right up until the corporations come and say, but, but we'd like you to, to give the government, you know, whatever little democracy is left in this country mm-hmm. is getting in our way. Yeah. So could you help us get it the hell out of the way? And, and the, the conservative Supreme Court stands up and says, sure we will. Yeah. And again, that's, that doesn't infuriate me half so much as the fact that I don't see a million teabaggers in the streets burning cars over yeah. that. Right. Right. You know, over the your democracy you took just away got, our constitution. Uh-huh. Constitution. Yeah. You just made it possible. <laughs> that you can't spell or and don't know what it's in it. Yeah. You just you know, your your ideology, your political party, your Supreme Court majority just made it possible for for Enron, <laughs> if they were still around. Yep. Yep. Or Exxon to blackmail people mm-hmm. to say I will spend a billion dollars to bury you. Yep. I will, or I will, I will not give you money unless you do what I say. Who can, who now literally call the tune? That is what we lost today. Yep. And unless and who I knows see what it's going to mean in terms of our uh, internet access, in terms uh-huh. of our uh, the air that we breathe. Oh, it's it, you it's, know it's going to be horrible. It finalizes the consolidation of corporate power. Yeah. And what do I see on the right? I see this is a is a victory. Yeah. I got my email from Richard Vigory today yeah, talking about how you know how thank goodness you know the, the the current law was swept aside so now incumbents can't you know can't uh, uh, stay in office as long as they no that's not what this law means at all what this law means is corporations now now can buy politicians wholesale instead of retail and and this is exactly the sort of thing that if the Tea Partiers were sincere they would be out. I swear to God, burning cars and screaming, millions of them would be on the mall in Washington. Yep. But since the right has framed it as a freedom issue, you know, it's all about freedom. Yep. No, it's not. It's about corporate power. Yep. But and as long mean. as they frame it in the in the simplistic, childlike, imbecilic language that the Tea Partiers understand and respond to, like Pavlov's fucking dog, mm-hmm. they won't do a goddamn thing. Right. And, and that segues very much into my post today. Yes. Which is about Michelle Malkin and yeah. this teabagger militia guy who, and and not to get too deeply into to why he was arrested, it's very sad that it appears he may have raped his seven-year-old daughter. Where The jury will determine what happened there. When they arrested him, they found a grenade launcher in his house, and they now have record that he met with someone to buy... Uh, explosive fertilizer, the same kind of thing that Timothy McVeigh used. Michelle Malkin went absolutely ballistic last April when the Homeland Security Department came out and said, we need to watch right-wing militia groups because Mm -hmm. they are arming themselves. They are stockpiling ammo 
all in response to Obama's election, and we have reason to believe that this is there's going to be an increase in the threat of domestic terrorism because of these groups. Yes. And she called that nine ways to Sunday. She went after them as politicization of the Office of Homeland Security and how dare they and on and on and on. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if a person from ACORN had been that guy, uh-huh. there would have been dancing on the right. Oh, yeah. They've, dancing. they've caught another, they caught uh, another, another liberal monster. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and and the the averted, you know, this is an averted terrorist attack, in my opinion. Uh-huh. That they found this guy, that they found the weapon in his home uh, that was stolen, by the way, mm-hmm. and and that he was buying, he was attempting to buy explosive materials. He apparently faked his own death on camera many times, did some very sick, weird things. Uh-huh. His face bleeding on camera um, that he taped himself. A very, you know... Mentally ill person, obviously. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, it's sad. It's a sad situation. It is. But when we explode, you know, when when John Kyle is all over the Sunday shows about this averted Christmas thing, yes. and this happened on Obama's watch, you know, this yes. happened. This is this is t- you know weakness, and we need to do more to do this and do that and do this, and then the the silent but, when it's a right wing political. And, and who is politicizing this? But blue gal, blue gal. <laughs> See, you've missed the important points. Obviously, you've missed the important points. First of all, this guy was was white. Oh. And 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 probably and a fam- a oh and he oh and he was a veteran. He's a veteran by the and way. A veteran. And he's a Christian. Yeah. Now, white male Christians don't have grenade launchers. White male Christians have freedom tubes. Freedom tubes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That they use to. Save the country from Islamofascism. From Islamofascism, that's yes. right. Which yes, is destroying America. Just destroying America. Which, you know, because Barack You're so Obama. on message tonight, Driftglass. I, I, I can't try. believe it. I do try. Well, and, and it's all because Barack Hussein Obama will not pronounce the word, the Kenyan usurper, will not say the word terrorism. Even yes, he needs to say a, the word terrorism more yeah, than he war, is. War on terrorism, even though there's a compilation over at Media Matters, and I think it quicks yeah, of him of saying him it saying like it 70, 70 times. Yes, right, in know? one speech. Yeah. And I swear to God, you could yes. take the average conservative who swears that Barack Obama never, says, never that, says that, because Glenn Beck told me so. Yeah. You could put him in that clockwork orange chair, pry their eyes open, show them that film a hundred times, and they'd still they fucking believe it. that he never said it. Because I, I, again, I, I think we have to deal with them on those terms. These are not, these are dangerous, irrational people who are being led by evil people to do terrible things. And I think that the end of any conversation about politics needs to, again, always be closing, <laughs> needs to end yep. by reminding whoever it is you're talking to that the reason that they're suffering, the reason their lives suck, is because of conservatives, because mm-hmm. of Republicans, and because of conservative ideology and economic policies. You are and right on message. I try to be. <laughs> I try to be. I will consider this a success when we f- either lead into or follow Rush Limbaugh there on, you go. on Voice of America. Voice of America. Armed Forces Radio. By the way, what is that um, bloated traitor doing on Armed Forces Radio again? I know. I, I'm it's sure. really something. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's the freedom tubes thing again. Well, let's let's 
close out. You're hosting this. Yes, I'm, I'm closing this out by saying... A <laughs> couple things. You're going to say a couple things. You're going to talk about fundraising? Gonna... Yeah, well, uh, probably in the near future. Um, I know I'm going to hold a fundraiser. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of hassle from my readers, mm-hmm. um, both uh, in email and in the comment section about, dude, when are you going to put out the tip jar? Yeah. Well, sometime in the next few weeks, I will put out my first tip jar and I will do an official fundraiser. I'll probably do a real fundraiser every quarter thereafter because... Um, to quote the Joker from Batman, you know, when when you're good at something, you never do it for free. That's right. So, That's right. Um, and my it, quarterly fundraiser, which is January, March, you know, January, April, July, and October, mm-hmm. is um, postponed. And and I'm sure you postponed for the same reason. That, exactly. Uh, yes, there are urgent, is, much Haiti more urgent takes needs in the world than over blogs. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Haiti takes precedence over everything at this point. Yes, it does. Uh, we are going to be posting our podcast via a service called Buzzsprout. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked over several of these hosting opportunities, and Buzzsprout seems to offer a very I- easy interface with iTunes. So uh, we're going. By the way, a little, t- I'm a, sorry? little tip, a little tip for the ladies out there. Yeah. If you can combine political acumen with technological uh, savvy, very hot. Oh. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Very, very hot. Okay, just a little something, a little advice, a little something for the ladies out there. He's just uh, way hot. <laughs> and I'll and if it. you add the beehive hairdo, yeah, if you, if you throw in the beehive, you're done. Hairdo, you know, yeah, yeah, and the occasional crying child in the background. Oh, it's that, it's awesome. That that rocks that rocks our that rocks the soul. It of the rocks the man. souls of the liberal lads, the it libidinous does. liberal lads out uh, there. Love to all you libidinous liberal lads, yes. You like that, yes. <laughs> Jeez. Always be closing, blue gal. Always be closing. <laughs> oh, I've been very good about not laughing too hard on this podcast, but you just yeah. made me lose it. <laughs> well, least I can do. And never let it be said I don't do the least I can do. Oh, gosh. Um, and Any then we, we need to um, – so Buzzsprout is where we're going to be. And I'll have more information about that next week. It's going to take us a while to get. We have to apply to be on um, iTunes. We'll also probably be posting the podcast at Odeo, which is another um, service that um, is free. And some people that just can't stand iTunes and won't install it on their machines like Odeo. So we'll try. We'll try. We'll do. We'll we'll make it happen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much. Thank you for all of your your comments and your support. Yes, and thank you. Yes, really. Thanks for for pointing us to really cool stuff to read. Feedback on my laugh. Mm -hmm. I did better this time. You did great. You always do great. Thank you. And you too, Jerkless. This was awesome. This was awesome. I think we should do this again. Maybe like Maybe like next week. This podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2010, Drift Glass Blue Gal Podcast.